you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Move the Sticks. It's Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, and this is Saquon Barkley 360. Do you think you're the best player in this draft? Yes, ma'am. No doubt. Yes, ma'am. We'll give it to Barkley left side. Far sideline 50. There goes Barkley to the 30. Far sideline 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown. Saquon Barkley, an exclamation point out of the gate for the Nittany Lions. Goodbye. He is gone. And with style, Saquon Barkley goes over 1,000 yards of the season. Touchdown. Mr. Electricity lights it up at Beaver Stadium tonight. Oh, this is the big one. Saquon Barkley. I've been looking forward to this one, Buck. I mean, he's a talented player, a prospect, maybe the best prospect in the draft class. Yeah, I look easy easy to fall in love with when you watch Saquon Barkley, and we're going to get a chance to do a deep dive here, Buck. For those that don't know, explain what the 360 series is all about. It's an entire podcast dedicated to running back prospect Saquon Barkley. We break down his game, potential, and NFL team fits. We interview some of the coaches who know him best, including his high school coach, Penn State head coach James Franklin, and his teammate at Penn State, tight end Mike Jasicki. Yeah, we have got a lot of ground to cover, a lot of interviews to get to. But, Buck, before we do that, why don't we break down a little bit of Saquon Barkley our evaluation of him. I'll give you the floor first here. DJ, quite simply, Saquon Barkley is a solar system player, meaning that when you have a player of this caliber, everything on offense revolves around him. He elevates the play of those around him with his mere presence. And then when he has the ball in his hands, he makes it happen. Outstanding runner, terrific receiver, can give you some production in the return game. He is a can't-miss prospect at the running back position. He should dominate the NFL level. Yeah, I love what he can give you in the past game, watching him run routes. You can split him out in the slot. You can split him out wide. He gives you all that versatility. I've said, look, everything that Alvin Kamara can do in the passing game, I think Saquon Barkley can do, and he does it in a 230-plus pound package. Uh, you know, To me, when I look at comparisons, I, I probably go more with a guy like Todd Gurley when he was coming out of Georgia. You even saw both those guys return kicks and what they bring to the table in that regard. If I'm going to say the concern, and I look, I think he's the best player in this draft class, but there is no such thing as a perfect prospect. The one concern, Buck, is just getting muddy, getting dirty, some, grind out some of those tough yards. Everybody's talked about the fact he has a lot of negative plays, a lot of negative runs. Um, but to me, just being able to stick your head down and grind out those two or three tough yards, that has been the one major criticism of Saquon Barkley. That is a major criticism. I did talk to an NFC personnel director who said, I worry about his creativity between the tackles. Does he have enough slip and slide to maneuver in there? And is he tough enough that when he needs to kind of stick it up in there, that he's physical enough to go and get it? Those are the things that you allude to. The interesting part about him, he is so good in so many other areas, whether it's pass catching, run blocking, I mean, pass blocking, any anything that you're asking him to do, he really can can fit the bill. 
I think he's a terrific pro. I don't see a lot of downside to taking a Saquon Barkley wherever you take him at the top of the first round. Yeah, I have him as the, as the number one player in this draft. Where, where do you have him, Buck? Oh, he's number one for me. He's number one, and that's uncommon for me to put a running back at the top of the charts. But when you have a guy that really doesn't have many flaws, he deserves to be the top prospect. Everybody we talk to about Saquon Barkley, the reviews are just glowing. It's almost like it's too good to be true, but – we keep fact-checking this, Buck, and the more people we talk to and getting second, third, fourth, fifth opinions around that program, anybody that's known him, it all comes back positive, and you do get a chance to learn a lot about Saquon Barkley, and that's what we're trying to do here on this 360 episode, let you guys in on what we've been hearing for a long time about Saquon and what he brings to the table. And that gets us to our first interview, Buck, and this is a fascinating conversation with Brian Gilbert, the Saquon Barkley's high school coach at Whitehall High School in Pennsylvania. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time to visit with us today. Uh, my pleasure, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I would imagine at Whitehall High School, you haven't seen many guys like Saquon Barkley uh, roll through there. Coach, I think the same can be said for just about any high school coach in the country. Just how early on did you know you had a special talent? Well, he was probably a little bit different than a lot of the uh, you know top NFL draft picks. He uh, he was a, kind of a late bloomer, actually. You know, he he got his chance towards the end of his sophomore year. Um, as we got into the playoff run, the, the senior who was a starter ahead of him got hurt. Saquon got his chance and, you know, never looked back from there. But, you know, it was kind of a, a great story because he was undersized, believe it or not, uh, with strength and, and, and size, body weight throughout his middle school and freshman years. And uh, his hard work and dedication to weight room is really why he's the guy he is today. Um, but, uh, no, he's a once-in-a-lifetime, you know, player to coach, that's for sure. Hey, Coach, expand a little bit on that because naturally when you talk about a guy being the best player in a draft, you think that he was a star the entire time. But discuss how he worked to put himself in a position to supplant the guy that was playing ahead of him and then continue to grow on that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a time in his life, um, middle school, eighth grade to ninth grade year, he wasn't going to play football. And uh, I'll never forget a uh, situation we had sophomore year, got a letter from Villanova University uh, asking, you know, for Saquon to go to a, a camp. And I sat down with him and he said, ah, coach, I don't think college football is for me. Uh, luckily, we were able to talk him out of that and uh, his hard work in the weight room and, and, you know, on the field and things like that just uh, really is the reason why he's the, the player he is today. Uh, and I can I can go into numerous you know, specific situations where, you know, there's obstacles that he had to overcome to get there. But, um, you know, it's it's a great story because, you know, nothing was ever given to him. Um, you know, he it's not like he had a football family at home uh, that, you know, brothers, uncles, cousins played football. It was a boxing family. So, you know, he did it the old fashioned way. He earned every everything he's gotten. Well, you don't have a, a boxing history like he does in that family without having some toughness kind of handed down to you. Is there an example or a specific story where his his toughness or his grit or his determination uh, was on full display that you could share with us? Yeah, there's there's one particular game. Uh, his junior year, we went into halftime down twenty eight nothing, and uh, I'll never forget. I was just about to come in and rip the team and and try to get him back on track. And, and he said, coach, let me talk to him. And he said, uh, Hey guys, he goes, we're not losing this game. And he, and you know, the, the whole team kind of looked at him like we're down 28, nothing at halftime. What are you talking about? He's like, we will not lose this game. He goes, just jump on my back and you guys do your part. 
And uh, we went out there, and the one play that you know I, I, I like to talk about, he, he wasn't much of a punt returner. He didn't he didn't really like you know we. But if I didn't put him <laughs> back there, that I probably would have been ran out of town. But so we put him back there, and usually he didn't catch the ball in the air. He liked it when it hit the ground, let it roll. So they punted from their twenty, went to about our twenty, rolled to about the ten, and at this time their whole punt team was down there. He ended up picking it up, seven guys surrounding him. He made those first seven miss, went down our sidelines, got a couple blocks, cut back across the field, stopped, like literally stopped. Three guys went flying by him and then went go, went again. And, and uh, that was a winning touchdown. We ended up winning 35-28. And, uh, it's, you know, it's just something that I'll never forget because uh, he at that point, that, that, from that point on, you kind of knew he was going to be really special. Coach, everything that you have talked about has been about his work ethic, his character, his leadership ability. Um, are those his best traits? Do his intangible qualities exceed what he brings to the table as a player? I think so. You know, if you talk to anybody that was around him through his Penn State days and, and obviously his high school days, um, it, it is. You know, when he comes back into town – it's the still same same Saquon Barkley always has. He'll he'll find a guy on our team currently that he can grab and and work with. Um, if it's not his brother, it's other players that we have. Um, you know, same thing at Penn State. You know, you talk to Coach Huff, the running back coach at the time, and Saquon was always that guy to ask the next question. You know, well, why are we blocking it like that? You know, what's you know what are the linebackers thinking if they're lined up over the guards versus over the tackle? So, um, all those intangibles. You know, besides how fast and strong and, and tough he is, um, I think that's why he's going to be a great NFL back. What's the what's the one thing when you watched him, not only with you, but even watched him at Penn State? We have a tough time trying to poke holes in him. I mean, you probably know him as, as well as anybody. What What's not perfect about Saquon Barkley, Coach? He doesn't rest enough. He needs some rest. <laughs> you know, it's uh, – <laughs> I think, you know, the day after his combine, he's, he's down in Orlando training. He comes home for, uh, you know, a Sports Illustrated shoot. Uh, and, and then later that day, he's in the gym working out. You know, it's the day of his parade. Uh, the parade, I think, was supposed to start at 12. And, you know, it was a little late starting. And after doing a little research, we were wondering where Saquon was. And you can guess where he was. He was coming late because he was at the gym. So he was he was back home in town for a weekend and, you know, 6000 people were waiting to see him and he was at the gym. So uh, it's, you know, is that a downside? I don't know. But some somewhere along the lines, he's going to have to find a way to kind of rest, rest himself, rest his body. You got to explain to me this parade now. Explain to me what. So we had a parade in Saquon's honor just just for him. Yeah, Whitehall is a, a really blue-collar town, great town. You know, Matt Millen and Dan Copen oh, are yeah. the two NFL guys from from our town. And, uh, you know, if you know anything about those guys, it says a lot about our town. And so they uh, they wanted to have a parade. They wanted to celebrate his success uh, so far and, and celebrate what he's about to achieve moving forward. Uh, no one understood the magnitude of people that were going to show up. I mean, Penn State fans from all over the place, you know, Whitehall. So we had – 6,000 plus uh, fans there. And, um, you know, one thing you'll know about Saquon too, he's pretty shy and he got up in front of all these people. And the first thing he said is he goes, I'm a little nervous, you know, mm -hmm. talking in front of all those people. And, uh, but very, very uh, humbling experience. Uh, they're going to do a, a bronze plaque on this big stone that you see when you come into our town with his, with his face on it. Um, but just a, a great way uh, to represent, you know, to, to celebrate someone that represented our town so well. You know, Coach, everything that you said has been exemplary. 
um, praise, like outstanding praise on Saquon, the player, if there was one thing that we should look for him to do at the next level, be it as a leader, be it as a worker, what would be the thing that you expect him to do when he goes to the National Football League? Well, that's hard for me to answer, but, you know, I, I think what I would say is, you know, when he when he came to us as a junior after his sophomore season, he, he, he wasn't a good receiver out of the backfield. His hands were not that good. So we said, you need to work on your receiving skills. And he spent all summer and he became a great receiving running back, as we saw from Penn State and moving forward. When he got to Penn State, I asked the Penn State coaches, you know, what's he lacking? And he said, well, he's really lacking some pass protection, you know, which is hard to duplicate in the high school level. Now you're asking a back to protect you know, blitzing linebackers that are 250, 60 pounds. Um, so what I could say, the next level, whatever the NFL team's going to say, I don't know what that's going to be. Maybe it's um, knowledge of the playbook. Um, maybe it's uh, top speed. Who knows? But you watch whatever they ask him to do, he'll master. And that's one thing I could say about Saquon. You know, um, going into his senior year, you know, he had the offense in high school down pat, but what he wanted to do is – he wanted to learn how the offensive lineman blocked each play. And I never have, and I'm not sure I ever will have a running back in high school want to sit down with myself and the offensive line coaches and, and, and understand why they're blocking the way they are. And, um, you know, at that next level, I can't see that stopping, you know, and it'll be real interesting for all of us to see what these NFL scouts and NFL running back coaches uh, want him to improve on. Coach, last question for me that I'm going to let you run, but one of the things that, that Bucky and myself, we do on here, we try and, and really narrow things down, and we do a three-word evaluation. So you can watch all the tape and study guys, see him play live, but at the end of the day, we try to strip it down to, okay, he is these three things. If you're going to give a three-word evaluation of Saquon Barkley, what would the three words be? Uh, that's a great question. I'd say uh, character, uh, size, and speed. That's a pretty good combination. <laughs> hey, Coach, I, we know you're busy. We can't thank you enough for taking some time to visit with us, and, and we look forward to following your star pupil as he, he marches on into the NFL. All right, I can't wait to see what happens in 4.0, because 3.0 last night, I don't know. I was, <laughs> I'll, 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 a guard at number two. I don't know. Uh, 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 uh. Coach is not happy. Coach is not happy with that one. Uh, everybody has something to say on mock drafts. I love it. Hey, Coach, thank you so much. Have a great day. All right. Thank you. All right. Take care. My favorite part of these 360 episodes is when we get a chance to hear from these high school coaches, Buck. It is good to talk to high school coaches because they really know how the kid grew up. They know the background. They know the character. They were really there during the formative years. But it's also good to talk to people that continues to mentor them along the way. Let's hear from James Franklin, Saquon Barkley's coach at Penn State. Coach, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. The first question I have for you is, is when did you know in the process, maybe it was through recruiting or when he got on campus with Saquon Barkley that you had something special? You know, Saquon, you know, when I got the job, Saquon was committed to Rutgers. And, um, you know, we, we identified him as a guy that we didn't really want leaving the state. At that time, we knew he was a good back and was going to have a nice Big Ten career. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that we, you know, thought he was going to be what he is today, obviously. Um, but then I will tell you this, he committed to us. And then his senior year, he had a special senior year. You know, he started, uh, you know, the hurdling thing that he does now. It's funny because is after he graduated, he said, coach, I'm not, I'm not going to hurdle guys anymore. 
Um, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to do that anymore. I said, that don't really make a whole lot of sense to me because in high school in the state of Pennsylvania, it's illegal and in college it's legal. So I'm like, it doesn't make sense that you'd stop doing it now when, when it's actually legal to do it in college, you know, but, um, he's kind of like, I describe him like, you know, Frankenstein running back. Like if you had to choose all the qualities you were looking for to build a back, He's got him. He's got the body type you're looking for. He's got the intelligence. He's got the leadership. Um, you know, he's got the speed, the quickness, the power. He can, you know, catch the ball out of the backfield. I think that's what makes him special is the combination of traits that he has. Not one thing that you get mesmerized about, but just a combination of all the different traits. You know, Coach, he can be a one-man show at times. His ability to do so many things, as you described, how do you harness that as as a play caller? How do you get your play caller to make sure we want to feature Saquon in so many different facets to really maximize his talent on the field? Well, I think for us, you know, we're a true RPO team. So, you know, when he carries the ball in the running game, he's carrying it into a pretty good look because we're usually reading some defender, whether it's a DN, linebacker, safety, whatever it may be. Um, so that helps. So, you know, we're not like a pro-style offense that you see uh, where guys were just going to hand the ball off to him and run power down people's throat. So we've had a bunch of games where, you know, he doesn't necessarily touch the ball, you know, especially as a runner, um, you know, maybe in the first you know two series of the game. But we also realize that, you know, he's a difference maker. We need to get the ball in his hands. So we have a lot of different ways to do it he, as a receiver, uh, as a kickoff return guy in a traditional running game. You know, and I think that's what also helps our offense and helps our team is that, you know, we can use them so many different ways. So it's hard to game plan, you know, to completely eliminate him from a game. You can obviously limit his impact when you're running the one back offense. They can always overload you in the box, but you create other opportunities for us. So that's where I would make the argument he's the most valuable player in college football. And there's no doubt he's the most exciting. I mean, He's made some plays. I've been doing this 23 years at every level, including the NFL, and he's made some plays that just, you know, even me, my, my, my mouth is wide open watching some of the things that he's able to do. Yeah, I had a front row seat at the Rose Bowl last year and saw just what he was capable of. He was outstanding in that, in that football game. Coach, everybody that I talked to that's rolled through their scouts and different people close to the program say as good as this kid is on the field, uh, he's exceptional off the field in terms of in the locker room, his leadership, and just personality-wise – Everybody raves about this kid. Is there a story about him you could share with us that lets us know a little bit more about Saquon Barkley, the kid? You know, I don't know if I would say, you know, one specific story. It's it's kind of just a combination of examples of things. You know, from a football perspective, he's never once asked for the ball more. Um, you know, whenever he gets an opportunity to praise his teammates, that that's what it's all about. It's always about the team, not about him. Um, in the community, he's the guy that we have to pull away at the end of the game because he'll stay out there for an hour and a half um, after the game, signing autographs with kids and taking pictures. You know, whenever we have any community service projects, he's the first one in line. He just gets it. He's a guy that's really embraced the whole collegiate experience academically, athletically, socially, spiritually, um, and has taken advantage of all the resources and opportunities. So, you know, he's, he's a special guy, and I'm really proud of him. Um, in so many ways and, and probably more so than, than what he's been able to do from a football perspective. Hey, Coach, he came up to the opening, which was held at Nike headquarters, and he had an opportunity to work out with Tom Shaw and a bunch of great 
uh, college athletes. And Tom Shaw told me that he's one of the most explosive athletes that he's ever seen in terms of his strength, the power, his speed. Um, talk about what you see when he's away from the field, when he's going through off-season workouts or in the weight room. How diligent of a worker is he? What kind of special athlete is he? Well, he sets the tone for our whole organization. I mean, literally, we stop kind of testing him on testing day because, you know, at some point, you know, how much you're squatting and how much you're power cleaning and benching, you know, you've proven the point. All right. You know, uh, we don't need to do any more, but he's such a competitive guy. He gets in there and everybody's, you know, max testing and he wants to jump in as well. But, you know, um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is when you see him in person and you look at his lower body from his waist down, it's freakish. I mean, it really is. Um, you know, you're talking about a guy who's going to run, uh, four, three, and I don't really believe four, three guys exist, but, but he's going to run four, three. Um, you know, he's one of these guys, whatever you put on the bar, he'll bench squat or power clean. Um, you know, he just, he's really, really gifted. He really is in so many different ways. I mean, he's thrown a touchdown pass. He's got touchdown, uh, receptions. Uh, he's a guy that you could, you know, use like a Marshall Falk and line him up as a wide receiver in the slot. You know, that's something I talked to him about for the last two years in the summer that, you know, uh, something that he really needed to work on, whether we were going to use him at that or not, because that's going to be important for his future. You know, he just he's a he's a hard working guy who gets the big picture and understands, you know, what we're trying to do from a team perspective. But he also, you know, understands the impact it's going to have on his future as well. It's great when you talk to Coach Franklin. You can kind of feel his energy and his enthusiasm almost when you're not in the same room with him. You kind of feel it come through the screen or come through the phone line. Yes, yeah, infectious. Um, obviously, Saquon Barkley means a lot to him, did a lot for the program. Having watched him at the Fiesta Bowl, you saw what Saquon meant to that squad. And so James Franklin hit the nail on the head when he talks about him. Yeah, he's uh, – Look, you're always going to hear coaches say nice things about their players. That's not unusual. But when they're almost jumping out of their seat with excitement and, and telling you how guys have been a part of a really a transformation of the program, which Saquon Barkley was. He was the face of this program as Penn State went from a program in despair to all of a sudden now national prominence. And he's he deserves a lot of that credit. And I think you can sense that from Coach Franklin. He appreciates not only the player that he is, uh, but the leader that he's been there as well. All right, we've talked to the high school coach. We've talked to his college head coach. But now I'm looking forward to talking to his position coach, Buck. And Charles Huff, Coach Saquon Barkley at Penn State. He's now the assistant head coach and running back coordinator at Mississippi State after following their coordinator there. But he knows Saquon Barkley as well as anyone. Coach, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, man. Great day here in Starkville. Stark Vegas, man. Yeah, Stark, Stark Vegas. Vegas, absolutely. There you go. But we want to go back to uh, to Penn State, though, and talk about your guy in Saquon Barkley. And, and just give us the story the first time you, you heard about him and the first time you knew anything about Mr. Barkley. Well, obviously, um, when we got the job there, Coach Franklin and staff, um, our big goal was to try and find and identify the best players um, in the state of Pennsylvania. Um, and obviously Saquon and um, some other players in the state were some of the highly touted guys. So reaching out and, and getting some research on him and then getting a chance to watch his film, um, we knew that he was a special guy. Um, I'm not going to say that we knew that he would be what he is today. Um, but he did have some really good qualities, um, size, speed, strength. 
Um, obviously, the things you could see on film, um, you could see that he was um, physically gifted, but still need to be developed. Um, you know, obviously his his high school was you know well coached. You know, hard nosed football program there at in Coplay uh, at Whitehall High School. Um, so just getting to know him um, through his coaches and his family. Um, so it was a really good, really good experience. You know, just kind of. I won't say discovering him, but learning about who he was. And coach, so it's different to look at a guy in high school and on film and kind of project what he would be. What was he like when you first got him in your room and you finally had an opportunity to put your hands on him in terms of really molding him and shaping him to the player that he's become today? Yeah, the one thing that separates Saquon from a lot of players is he's very inquisitive. Uh, He wants to know why, why, why. Um, and it's never a questioning, you know, your knowledge or your scheme. He just wants to know the intricacies of every position, every coverage. Why am I in this position? Um, and, and for him, it's more of a thing to help him understand the game of football and how he fits into the system. Coach, I want to go back to that, that first year there, 2015. And and I'm just looking, first game against Temple, he gets one carry for one yard. And then all of a sudden we come back the next this week against – coach is an idiot, obviously. <laughs> That's why I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the next week he goes 12 for a buck 15. And then Rutgers, who he was committed to originally, uh, game three, he goes 21 for a buck 95. At what point during those first three games did you go, whoa, okay, we, we got something here? Well, it, it actually happened um, in summer camp before the season. Uh, we we kind of knew that um, after about three carries that he had something that the rest of the guys did not. Um, we tried as a staff to not force feed him. Uh, Coach Franklin wanted us to press him a little more. Um, we we kind of said you know we wanted to kind of slow step him. Um, I don't know if that made a difference or not. Uh, he got in the Temple game and got one play and got an MA. <laughs> so he came out. Um, that's his story. His first play he went in and went the wrong way. So his coach took him out. Um, but we knew in camp um, that that he had, you know, a, a special gift. And, and what we did not want to do as a coaching staff is put him in in a situation where he didn't have success and his confidence got shook. Uh, so we wanted to try and put him in in situations to have success, be successful. Um, things that we could prepare him for, um, you know, we kept him out of a lot of third downs in the beginning, um, you know, when teams were heavy blitz, you know, we didn't play him as much, not because he wasn't ready, but it's just different coming from high school, um, getting into a college football game, you know, where you're reading coverages, blitzes, um, and it counts, you know, you miss your guy, the quarterback's probably gonna get hit. Um, so we did that early, um, after the Buffalo game, we realized that we had to speed his maturation up. Um, just because of his physical gift. Um, and then from there on, he took it, you know, took the bull by the reins and, and kind of ran with it. You know, Coach, one thing that is uncommon for a college running back that Saquon Barkley has been able to do is he's a talented wide receiver. How are you guys, how are you guys able to really develop those skills and maximize what he brought to the team as a receiver out of the backfield? Well, that, that's a huge credit to him. Um, at the end of the first year – you know, he came in and asked me, Coach, what do I need to get better at? Um, and one of the things we talked about uh, was catching the ball out of the backfield. 
Uh, I think a running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield, run with power, run with speed, and pass block is a complete package. Um, and that was one of the things that he concentrated on over the summer, um, obviously through drills and um, jugs machines and tennis balls and sand buckets. Um, and then he also got with the wideouts. Um, I, I think a huge part of catching the ball out of the backfield is creating separation. It's a little different for a running back uh, creating separation against a linebacker than it is a wideout creating separation against a DB. Um, so he got with the wide receivers and, and learned how to create space and learn how to um, put himself in position to make catches you know, uh, with contact from the linebacker. Um, and that worked out huge for us because that was another way for us to get him the ball in the season. You know, teams started to do certain things to try to take away um, our ability to get him the ball. And, you know, him being able to catch the ball out of the backfield allowed us to have another way to try to get him the ball. Coach, I was there for that epic Rose Bowl uh, with you guys and, and USC, and, and what a fun game that was to watch. And, and Saquon just put on a show in that one, 25 for a buck 94, uh, a couple touchdowns, had five catches, another touchdown through the year. One of the best individual performances I've ever seen. Can you kind of take us behind the curtain there uh, in, in terms of the run-up to the game and what the game plan was for him? And is there any story you can tell us about maybe what he was saying and what he was feeling that special night? Yeah, um, obviously the, the, the Rose Bowl uh, was an unbelievable experience. I mean, it's the granddaddy of them all. Um, the, the, the Rose Bowl committee did an unbelievable job. The week was awesome. Um, kind of leading up to the game, you know, some of the things we talked about was obviously um, Adoree Jackson, you know, the DB for USC, had, had is, is a guy that has some elite speed. Um, and we'd watch some games where he went and walked down um, some running backs and wide receivers that had got out on long runs. And, and one of the things we talked about was if we get the opportunity to break a long one, we, we got to know where he's at on the field. Um, so, you know, if you talk about the epic 79-yard run that, that Saquon had, if, if you watch, he's kind of looking over his shoulder um, the entire time. Um, earlier in the game, you know, he came off the field and he was like, you know, Coach, I, I, I know where he's at, but I, I don't know how I can find him. I said, well, well you don't have to find him when the play is going on. He's got to kind of know where he starts. If he starts on the right side, he's going to be on the right side. Yeah. Um, and literally when we went in at halftime before that or a couple of series before that run, you know, I said, you know, identify where he's at pre-snap and just know if you break one, what side he could be coming from. Um, and and. and if you watch that run, you can kind of watch him look, kind of watch him look, kind of watch him look. And, and Chris Godwin does a good job downfield blocking. Um, you know, so that that's obviously one one that when you have coaching points and you have tips and keys and a player is able to apply those to the game, uh, it makes the coaching part of it fun. Um, the, the other one that is a great story is we're standing on the sideline. I think it's. 42 to 42 or whatever it is we're about to go in and score and we're standing there on a commercial break and he taps me on the shoulder and says coach this is a great experience isn't it and <laughs> at that moment as a coach you say you know these kids are just having fun you know and I think that's the one thing that Saquon and the rest of those guys were able to do that year but they just had fun you know as 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 you know, stressful as the game is from a coaching perspective and you're trying to make the right calls and put them in the right position for, you know, a kid to look up at that moment and just say, hey, coach, this is a great experience. You know he's enjoying the game. Coach, I want to talk to you about uh, 
Saquon as a kick returner. How did he? How did you put him back there? What was behind the decision to use him not only as a running back but to put him in the kicking game because it's uncommon for a team to put their best player at returner. Well, I, I got to give credit to, to Coach Franklin all on that one. Um, as the special teams coordinator when I was there, um, you know, we talked about, you know, improving our kick return game. And, and we did some research and we did studies. And the teams that were really, really good at kick returns, they had a good returner. <laughs> so it was, it was, you know, scheme matters, but you, you got to have a guy back there who can make a difference. And one of the things that we talked about going into the year was what ways can we get Saquon Barkley to touch the football? And, and that was one of the ways that we looked at that either one teams are going to kick away from him, which is going to give us great field position, or it's going to give him another touch. And Coach Franklin was very adamant and, and took a head coaching role and said he's going to be our starting kick returner. Um, everybody on the staff was not happy about it. As the special teams coordinator, I was like, yeah, listen to the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, but Coach Franklin, you know, and, and a lot of head coaches won't um, take that stance. And Coach Franklin um, preaches and believes special teams. And our kind of goal and rule there was um, starters are going to play on one special team. Um, and Saquon is no different. Uh, you know, we had Jason Cabenda, who was a starter on the kickoff run, you know. Mm -hmm. So it was more of a, a cultural philosophy um, than necessarily, you know, I stood on the table and said Saquon. And obviously it paid off big for us and him. Coach, the one criticism, if, if people try and find it, and a lot of us believe he's the best player in the draft, but the one criticism you hear pop up is this the issue with the negative runs. you got a lot of negative runs, and then you hear whispers of, well, I don't know, does he want to do that dirty work inside? Is he a grinding, gritty, tough inside runner, or is he a, a big, dressed-up home run hitter? H how do you address those criticisms when you hear them? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the one thing that, you see with the negative runs is it's a little bit of Saquon Barkley trying to make a play for a team that he loves. Um, you know, he could easily just run up in there and take a zero yard one, or he could run in there and take a one yard gain. Um, but he's made a living on making big plays. And I, I don't think you ever want to take that away from a home run hitter. You know, you, you look at baseball, um, no one's complaining when Mark McGuire strikes out, <laughs> you know, when he hits a home run, you know, but that's to me, that's the give and take, you know, when you have a young man who has the ability to change the game um, easily and quickly as he can, you're probably going to have to live with some of the negative. Um, can Saquon Barkley pound it up inside? Absolutely. He's 230 pounds. He runs four, you know, four or whatever. He squats the world. He's power cleans the world. Um, you know, but I do think, you know, he's also able to stick his foot in the ground and get to the edge a lot quicker than some other backs. Um, but I don't have any hesitance of him being able to get downhill, take two yards, take a yard. Um, if you pull up his um, short yardage highlight, it's him getting his shoulders square, running his legs, getting vertical, getting first downs. Um, if you look at first and 10, he probably is going to try to make a play. Um, so I, I think it's a little bit of, of who he is and what makes him special. I don't think it's a, a fear or something he won't do. Um, I, I think Saquon Barkley is the most complete 
running back in the last 10 years. And that's no disrespect to any of the great ones that have come before or after him. I, I just think when you put all of his attributes together, it's hard to find flaws. And, and that to me is what makes him elite. Coach, we do a thing on the podcast where we ask people to give a three-word scouting report. So I want you to give a three-word scouting report on Saquon Barkley. Humble, passionate, special. Ooh, that might be my favorite three-word report we've got. Whoa. Coach, that's strong. That, that's, I'm going to end it on that one because that is a powerful closing argument there for Saquon Barkley. Thank you so much for, for taking some time Thank for us guys, today. Thank you guys, man. I really appreciate you guys. Well, Buck, the position coach, nobody spends more time with a player than his college position coach, and that was unique insight there from Coach Huff. Absolutely unique insight. Um, he knows him well. He spent day after day with him. He saw his development as a college player, and so he can speak to the growth. He can speak to the leadership and character. So you always love to have those position coaches be able to kind of advocate for their players. All right, we got time for one more chat here, and this is going to be a teammate of Saquon Barkley's there at Penn State. Here's our visit with tight end Mike Kosicki. Honestly, you know, you can't say enough about Saquon as a player, but really as a person. Um, I mean, he does, you know, so many great things on the field, but he's just, you know, such a such a great guy to talk to, an awesome teammate. Um, I mean, you guys have seen all the all the videos of him, power cleaning 405. And Bananas. All, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, in the same day, I, I power cleaned 385. And I think I'm the man. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just did 385. And then he, he walks in and bangs out 405. And everybody's like, all right, Mike, we'll see you later. <laughs> so, uh I mean, it's it's been unbelievable, you know, having him as a teammate for the past um, three seasons. And uh, so, I mean, you can't really say enough about him. Can he hoop? Um, that right there tells you he can't. So, if, I mean, if, if you ask he him, if, 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 if you ask Saquon, I mean, I mean, he can do it because he's so, you know, ath- athletically gifted. Uh, he doesn't have the greatest jump shot, but, I mean, Duke can jump and dunk and do all that crazy stuff. So, uh I mean, I'm sure if you put him in front of somebody with that kind of agility, he's probably a great defender too. So he can't. He, he, he got can't no skills. He got he's got no skills. But well, he's very athletic. That's yeah. I remember between the <laughs> lines there. Yeah. Buck, how fun was it talking with him? I always find it fascinating to see how these guys are in other sports and when they interact with each other. And it sounds like uh, Saquon Barkley, great football player, great athlete, maybe not the best jumper. Uh, may may not have a great jump shot, but I've heard Saquon talk about not being a basketball player, but what he brings to the table. He he hustles, he plays hard, <laughs> he, up. he can rebound, and those things. Anytime you talk to a player about basketball and they talk about rebounding first, you, you know, know you can't shoot. They're not, they're not a scorer. No, not what he shoot. can do, though, he can, he can tote the rock. All right, let's get into this uh, this discussion here, Buck. First overall pick we have in this draft, the Cleveland Browns, with a need at the quarterback position, a quarterback of the future. Is Saquon Barkley the type of player that you'll regret passing on to take a signal caller in this draft? You know, I think he very well could be. Um, obviously, we always talk about best player available, who's the number one player on, on the board. Saquon Barkley would be the best player on a bunch of teams' boards. However, depending on circumstances and what you need, will he be the first one to go? We'll see because it depends on what team is on the clock when we get to draft day. Yeah. But right now, at, 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 as we're looking, I don't know if he goes first because the team at the top of the board, if they're a quarterback-needy team, I think the quarterback will trump the running back. But that doesn't take anything away from what Saquon Barkley is as a player. I believe he's the best player in this draft. And in years, we'll talk about this guy being kind of a transcendent star at a position. 
Yeah, I, look, I, I think if you need a quarterback because of the nature of that position and, it, and its importance, I think you would take a quarterback over Saquon as great as he is. And let me, you know, how great do I think he is? This is the last line of my report. Saquon Barkley, my f- number one overall graded player. Uh, last line, overall, Barkley is capable of becoming the best player at his position very early in his NFL career. So that being said, you know, I still think you go quarterback because that's the value of that position. But I think it's a very real possibility we could be looking at the best running back in the NFL here in, in very short order. I, I believe so. I agree with you. I think he can be that kind of player. And I expect him to be a guy that is a, a difference maker as a runner and receiver. I kind of liken him to those guys, to David Johnsons, to Le'Veon Bells, the guys who can make plays not only as runners but as receivers. They change the way you play offensive football. All right. When we look at the uh, the ceiling for him and the floor for him, just in terms of where he could go in the draft, I think – I guess we could still put one in there. I don't think he's in mix in the mix there for the number one. Probably more realistically, the second pick is at least a conversation there with the New York Giants would be the ceiling. When you look at the floor, we're talking six to the Colts. We're talking think, seven to Tampa. What are we, what think, are we saying here? I think if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at seven and Saquon Barkley's there, I think they hand in the car because he would fit their offense. I can imagine him getting past there. I really can't imagine him getting past number seven. You have the Indianapolis Colts at six who can need one. You have the Denver Broncos at five who also could take one. So, for me, seven is the floor. Saquon Barkley is going to hear his name called very, very early on draft night. All right, Buck, when you look for a a team fit here for Saquon Barkley, it sounds goofy to say team fit when you're talking about a guy we're we're mentioning might be the best player at his position in the NFL. But where would be the spot he could be the most productive? I'll say this on record. He can play anywhere. But I think the best place for him would be the New York Giants in that offense, surrounded by weapons on the outside Saquon Barkley as a guy that can run it and also make plays in the passing game he would be the perfect complement to Eli Manning in the backfield yeah I mean I can gosh I can go a lot of different places I mean where where is he a bad fit I I don't know where he's a bad fit I guess I I could even say the Cleveland Browns I know there's talk of you know going one quarterback and coming back at four with either an edge rusher or a corner but man you plug him in with some of the other skill position players they have there with a creative offensive coordinator with coach Haley who's been with Le'Veon Bell. We've seen the numbers he's put up there. I can make a strong case that, that he would be he would be dynamite there in that Cleveland offense. He would be dynamite. One other place, uh, the Indianapolis Colts alongside Andrew Luck. We saw Peyton Manning have Edgerin James at the start of his career. Maybe you give Andrew Luck a Saquon Barkley, and they begin to have similar success those two great quarterbacks that have played in Indianapolis. Yeah, they need to get Andrew Luck back on the field. That's another podcast for another day. Uh, look, that's uh, that's a fun episode there, the Saquon Barkley 360. We've got a bunch of these 360s already floating around out there. If you haven't checked them out, you need to go do that. Um, you can – let's see, Lamar Jackson was outstanding. Derwin James, we had fun with that one, Buck. Josh Allen is out there. We've got all kinds of, uh, of 360s and more on the way, so be on the lookout for those as well. For sure. I love digging into the background of these prospects. These guys are going to be stars for the next five to ten years. Looking forward to talking about their journey from high school stars all the way to this point now. All right. Well, there you have it. This has been Saquon Barkley 360. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to go to NFL.com slash podcast if you've missed any or check us out there on Apple Podcasts as well. We'll see you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to NFL.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired. 
But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.